Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Players NIL podcast and my special guest today from Western New York, Mr. John Gelati. John, welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Mark. Thank you for joining us. And for those who don't know, John is the Senior VP of Growth Channels and Content at the Martin Group in Buffalo, New York. We uh, reflect that uh, we call it the Western New York. And uh, John and I have had a lot of contact points in the last 20 years, uh, mostly through the sport of lacrosse. Uh, he was an editor in one of the lacrosse publications that when you're a young parent trying to get your kids noticed, you hope that they would write about. So, And then he was instrumental in supporting uh, one of the projects I was on 10 years ago in the production of Crooked Arrows. And so he's grown uh, his business beyond the sport of lacrosse and into digital marketing. We'll talk a little bit about that his experience at Syracuse University, his interest in athletics. And so, John, at the Players uh, NIL podcast, we asked three questions. Question number one is, tell me about your earliest memories as it relates to sports, being a fan, being an athlete, who you went with, what you did, who you remember watching. How did you become interested in sports? Yeah, so started early on, you know, um, and thanks off, first off for the opportunity. I really appreciate you, you connecting here. Uh, you know, upstate people, uh, you know, always tend to gravitate and, and, and maintain contact. So I love connecting with a former upstater like yourself. But um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, grew up in uh, a little bit in upstate New York, but also in Chicago. So was a big Bulls fan, Michael Jordan, obviously at the time, Cubs fan, my neighborhood season tickets, went to a lot of Cubs games. The Bears had just won the Super Bowl, so they were pretty good. Big Walter Payton fan, obviously I'm dating myself a little bit, but it was also obviously in the golf. My dad was a golfer, so we went to the Western Open, the U.S. Open. You know, I remember actually walk, one of my fondest memories probably is walking up to, I got, it was a pro-am, Michael Jordan was playing golf. My dad was taking pictures of him. He had taken pictures like the day before or something. So he gave me a picture, a printed picture to give to Michael. Like Michael's really going to want a picture from like, he's got a million pictures of himself, but he's like, give it to him, give it to him. He's a sales guy at Kodak at the time. So there's probably an ulterior motive. So I got actually up next to him as he walked from one hole to the other. And I like actually lifted it up to give it to him. And, and I like, couldn't say anything because I was so nervous. I don't know. I was probably like five or six and I couldn't even hear what he said. It like threw all that traffic, but he said something about, and like all the kids had said, Oh, he's, he's telling everybody to meet him later afterward to get an autograph after the tournament or after the event and um so I, he didn't take the photo obviously and so we all met afterward at this uh you know at this w- weird spot that i don't even know how we all knew that to meet there behind some clubhouse and um and he peeled out in his like blue you know a m m8 bmw and took off and, and didn't <laughs> didn't give us anything but like at the time it didn't it didn't impact my my infatuation with Michael or the bulls or basketball or athletes in general, it didn't, didn't bother me at all. But like, that was just and like, I'll never forget that. But like, I didn't care. I was like, okay, he can do whatever he wants to do. But, but so I, I guess I've been involved with sports, you know, ever since then, you know, I played soccer my whole life, golf, my whole life, skied my whole life until now, including, you know, pretty active, uh, you know, fitness world, um, currently. So still trying to stay as active as I can. My kids, my two girls are, are into soccer and lacrosse a little bit, really into skiing, which is awesome to see. So kind of seeing it from the other side now as a parent, finally, after dealing with, you know, tons of crazy parents in the lacrosse world for a long time. So, sports has been a part of everything I've done. My job that I got in Buffalo at the Martin group is through, you know, Todd Martin's son, son played lacrosse. And that was my connection. That was my way in the door to, to meet him. So when I was networking and trying to move back to back closer to home, so the sports world is, has given back to me and, 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 you know, from a physical standpoint, but also from a professional standpoint too, for, for since day one. 
Great, love the story about Michael Jordan and uh, and the non-autograph story. And you and probably 14 million kids had the same exact experience. Um, so, you know, the Players NIL is about educating student athletes about their uh, options and about maximizing their potential for the future. And using sports to do that is one way to do it. Of course, we could use music and art and travel in lots of different ways, but you know, your family, as well as mine, you know, saw that sports was a way to educate. And so, so you take this fandom, you take this interest, you go to one of the great sports institutions in the world, Syracuse University. Tell us about your life at Syracuse and some of your exposure to athletics there. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I knew I wanted to be involved in journalism at the time. So went right up to the Daily Orange, you know, our student run paper at the time and um, started covering sports. I started covering men's soccer and wrestling. And then that worked its way into, you know, kind of the big three were, you know, men's lacrosse and men's basketball and football. So um, it was quickly covering those sports and, you know, there, you know, and I had never really, you know, didn't have much lacrosse background prior to that, to, to be honest, we, we didn't have it in my high school in, in Rochester until my senior year, we had a modified team. So, um, started covering lacrosse and, and, you know, got involved. That was, you know, the Casey Powell and Ryan Powell overlap, you know, kind of those, those couple of years there in the, in the late nineties. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so that was kind of my, my initial exposure, but it was great to, to kind of see the different sports and, and work with different athletes and understand the other side of kind of the media and kind of how they talk to, talk to, to the media and promote the teams and, and kind of that whole side of it. So I, I did a lot of that was all four years really at Syracuse was covering those teams, ended up kind of doing internships and as a sports writer for Washington times and Syracuse post standard and doing some freelancing here and there. So covered some other, ended up covering professional sports and, and, and a lot of other levels, um, during my, my college career, but Syracuse is really kind of where you get exposed to, to that. And, you know, the sports journalism side of the Syracuse world is, is, is huge. And as, as everybody knows, like from radio to print to TV, I mean, everybody's, you know, the, the, the throng of media that cover Syracuse sports is, is second to none mainly because of the students, but, um, but it was a huge part of the community there. And, and that those are professional sports and in central New York, as, as you know, so, um, so it's a big part of the community there. And, and cool to kind of see the interactions of a Jim Beheim or a Paul Pasqualoni or, you know, at the time Roy, you know, Roy Simmons and then Roy, you know, John Desco um, transition on that side. So, but down to the, you know, the other sports, you know, the men's soccer and, and wrestling. So wrestling got cut when I was there. And so I had to cover that and the impact that they had on those guys. I mean, they had an Olympian on the team, a U.S. Olympian on the team and the program got cut, you know, for funding reasons. So that was pretty crazy. So you deal with that kind of side of it and the emotional impact and, and how much that means to, to student athletes. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's your life then. So, so it's really important and, and cool to be able to kind of tell some of those stories. I've always been interested in, in storytelling and, and that takes a, a different, in, different iterations as, you know, as different media across, across social, digital, video, print, whatever, but it's always storytelling. And, and that's kind of been the root of everything that I've always been interested in. And, and that's what, you know, sports has so many great stories to tell us. So that's why it's been fun to be a part of. Well, you were there during, you know, a heyday. And uh, I just read this morning that uh, one of the great uh, football coaches in the history of Syracuse football, George DeLeon, passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know what an impact he had on a lot of student athletes. And so during that time, you, you saw, you know, Jim Beheim and Paul Pascaloni and, you know, the great lacrosse coaches that had transitioned through there. So now you, you have this great experience. You expose all these athletes. You're marrying your passion with your academic interests and you're now your professional interests. So you launch into your professional career. Tell us how athletics prepared you and your work in athletics prepared you for the professional world. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I went right into the, you know, lacrosse media world um, right out of college. I had never really, you know, kind of took the job <laughs> sight unseen and, and ended up moving out of Baltimore without uh, really having checked out the office or which was really an apartment and, you know, <laughs> not much of an office at the time, but with inside lacrosse back then. But, you know, it was it was my, you know, I looked at other like newspaper jobs in small markets and wasn't really interested in starting out in a small market. It was tough to start out in a bigger market in that time if you wanted to be in the newspaper world. So, um, you know, you kind of had, so this opportunity to go to Baltimore, which was, you know, middle sized city and an exciting opportunity to kind of be at the top of a sport, you know, uh, to be able to cover the elite parts of the sport from a, you know, as a 22 year old was, was, was intriguing, but, um, you know, obviously my experience covering the sport for, you know, four years there, you kind of get involved with the community pretty quickly and get to know a lot of people, especially at Syracuse, which is kind of, you know, obviously one of the hotbeds and, and the epicenter for a lot of the, you know, the, the people and the personalities and the, the evolutions of the sport. So, so that was cool. And, and, you know, kind of came down and inside the cross at the time was just a couple of us. And, you know, my bedroom was in the back and the office was in the living room and, um, it was, it was a pretty bare bones operation. My, I actually slept on a, a couch that was in, the store, the bed, one of the bedrooms was a storage room, which was all magazines. And then all I had was a couch. And then eventually that got turned into, I was able to throw a mattress on top of that magazines that was my box spring. So eventually we, you know, we, that was a, a you know, steps along the way, but, um, but it was cool to kind of be part of something like, you know, that was, you know, before kind of startups became so sexy as they are now, everybody's starting up companies. Um, but, you know, back then, you know, that was, that was the culture. And we, you know, everything, when the magazines arrived, you unloaded them and then you're writing the same articles that, that you were unloading, you know, in, in the back of the, the apartment. So that was kind of a cool to be. And I think that's important, you know, in my mind uh, to be able to start at a smaller company where you're doing everything, you're wearing a lot of hats. I think at a, as an early 20 year old, I think that's really important to learn everything. And that was kind of coached into me when I was looking at options coming out of college, a bigger, a bigger you know, company or a smaller company, a smart company, you're going to do a lot more. You're going to learn a lot more. You don't really know what you want to do yet at that point. So being exposed to a lot of different things and being able to take on different, you know, stretch assignments and different things that maybe you never thought you'd be doing, I think is really important and helps with your kind of learning evolution process at that age. So I would, I would encourage everybody. I, I liked the smaller vibe. And, and even if you're at a bigger company, like try to do as much as you can and try to learn and, and, and do stuff outside of whatever your kind of window is try to expand that window as much as you can, because it's just good for your development and, and exposure too, from, from a networking perspective. I'm disappointed to, to hear that you weren't in the penthouse at the top of the world Trade <laughs> center in Baltimore, overlooking the inner Harbor. When you started, Not quite. you actually had to work for it, huh? <laughs> yep. Yep. Which I think, which I think is important, right? I mean, you know, everybody talks about sweat, sweat equity and, and the, the, you know, the impact that that has. And that's why a lot of people are starting their own companies. They want to be their own boss and control their own destiny, but they also want to you know, kind of understand every part of a business. And that's pretty cool, I think, to, to your development. So, um, so yeah, so it was a, it was a pretty raw beginning back then, but uh, we eventually were able to carve out a, a, even a full bedroom for me and then a full office for us uh, in Towson and then downtown in Baltimore eventually, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just great, great stories, those memories and great foundational blocks to your career. So you, you get this opportunity to move to Western New York, to Buffalo, to, to work in the Martin Group. You start to carve out a niche. It's the beginning of digital marketing and social media, probably six, seven, eight years ago. And so, you know, tell us how digital marketing allows the entrepreneur to launch and the skills that may have taken multiple people 25, 30 years ago, you can now do through digital technology, through marketing, websites, social media. Tell us how you've applied that now to your entrepreneurial spirit in your own mind. 
Yeah. I mean, you're so much closer to consumer now with, with social media. I mean, you're right there. There's no, there's no barrier anymore. Um, you can reach people directly. You don't need a storefront. You don't, even, you don't even need a website in a lot of cases. So, so yeah. So when I came up, you know, eight years ago, they were looking to kind of start a social media, you know, department really. And, and my journalism experience, again, getting back to this, the storytelling component was, was there. So it kind of applied that. And, and, you know, what we did it inside the cross was really, you know, activate our advertisers within our own properties, print, digital events, social, et cetera. So similar at an agency where, you know, clients come to you and say, Hey, you know, I have X amount of dollars to spend. I want to accomplish this. I want to reach this audience. How do I, how do I reach them? How do I, you know, how do I get to them? How do I accomplish my goals? And you have to kind of figure out what, what the tactics are around that. So obviously digital is part of everything that we do now, you know, we're a you know, full service agency um, with, you know, big national, international clients and, you know, down to regional clients as well. So we have, you know, the, the, the challenges are unique for everybody. The audiences are different for everybody. And, and you know, obviously what they're selling is different. So, um, so the digital side is, is exciting because obviously it changes by the day, social changes by the day, but they're all interconnected and, and you know, the metrics and the data and, um, you know, really the impact that you can have is, is so great compared to, you know, a billboard or even a radio ad or a TV ad. It's just so much closer and so much more direct. You can see the, you're building relationships, you're building community with, with people. Um, so especially from an entrepreneurial perspective, like, you know, you really need to focus on those, on those, you know, digital social channels as much as possible because they're, they're more efficient dollars wise, but they're also more direct and, and the most important thing you can do, I think, in building a business and building anything, you know, really, you know, career is, is community, is building a community and kind of creating, gathering more people, whether that's your own network or that's, you know, kind of the, the audience interested in your content, your products. And, you know, we coach a lot of our clients on, you know, adding value and providing, you know, really providing um, something that's going to make somebody's life easier, better, their job better, make them smarter, you know, from a content perspective. So focus on that more than selling their products. Um, it's not always an easy sell because, you know, there's, there's not a direct ROI on that, but, but I think it's so important from a brand perspective, from a company perspective to, to try to add value and to try to, to give your kind of leadership, thought leadership, education, entertainment too, but, but really try to, to provide value to your audience as much as you can. And that's where digital and social become crucial, crucial tactics, I think. Yeah. Great advice. And, uh, and I agree. And so now, you know, the players NIL is about education for, college athletes and high school athletes, student athletes. Uh, and one of the core pillars is social media and digital marketing. And so, you know, again, in today's news, the PGA Tour has announced last year's winners of the player impact program, PIP, where they put a pool of money, I believe it was $40 million last year, out there for the top 10 influencers in golf uh, players on the PGA tour. And of course, with no surprise, the announced winner today was Tiger Woods. <laughs> so, you know, clearly a, a dynamic force in his heyday, but still able to create an audience, engage an audience and tell us about, you know, how digital marketing can help student athletes and tell, tell us a little bit about the risks and the pitfall of social media, digital marketing to student athletes today. Yeah, huge risk reward there, obviously, especially with NIL now. But I think as you're seeing with some of these early NIL deals, like it's not necessarily the star quarterback or, you know, the star point guard that's getting all the dollars, although they're probably driving a lot of it. But some people, and, and we look into this a lot with our influencer marketing, you know, kind of research, but like there's some 
amazing talented athletes that have huge TikTok followings and huge, you know, Instagram followings because they're putting out good content. That's, that's entertaining and, and interesting and, um, you know, authentic to what they do. So, but you have to obviously make sure that it's, um, you know, it's, it's authentic first and foremost, but safe, you know, you don't want to do anything too risky. I don't think from a college perspective, um, but, but there's tremendous value. If you can put out really good content and, and start early, I mean, those who started on TikTok, you know, years ago have, have benefited greatly. Um, but that platform, I think, continues to be a huge, huge driver of money in, in these NIL deals, I think, because a lot of brands are still trying to figure out how best to activate on that platform. I think more and more are doing it and figuring it out. But athletes, especially who have been on there for a while and are putting out good content, are, are hugely valuable from a brand perspective. So if you can put out good kind of quality content that's not risky, but but safe and entertaining, I mean, it's it's a it's a different mindset, I think, a little bit to understand what works on TikTok. You have to kind of follow the trends and really kind of understand what's working on the platform. But if you have that, that talent and that ability, you can do it for sure. Get in there and, 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 and brand yourself. And um, I think it's really important to, um, to, to think about what your content strategy is, not just put out stuff to put out stuff. I think, you know, we kind of coach a lot of agents on, at least from like a professional athletes level is like, what, you know, what does your athlete want to be after they're done playing? And same question for, for an athlete, like, what do you want to, what, what do you want to be eventually? Like, do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to be a corporate, you know, at the corporate level, you want to be marketing sales, you want to be a coach, you want to be a trainer, you want to be a commentator on your sport, you want to be kind of more of a, an investor on that side, like what, you know, where do you want to be eventually? And start to think about content that's going to get you there, that's going to attract the right sponsors, businesses, connections to that path. And, and it doesn't have to be that locked in, but if you can at least give some thought to that and then kind of think about what kind of content is going to support that, um, that's going to help you get a job first and foremost, because it's going to, you know, the first thing people look at when they, when they interview you for job is probably going to be your, your LinkedIn, but then maybe also your Instagram and kind of the other, the other handles that they can get access to publicly. So making sure those are obviously first and foremost safe and, and, you know, something that you would show your, your parents really. Um, but also on brand with what your brand is, you got to kind of give some thought to what your personal brand is and who you want to be, which is your personal brand. So what is that going to be? Where do you want to be eventually? And then how do you kind of get to that, where you had to set up a path for yourself content wise and, and kind of social wise that that's going to get you there. So um, it's not easier said than done for, you know, an 18 to 22 year old probably, but it's something you need to kind of have a little bit of kind of foresight to think about, you know, you know where you want to be five to 10 years later and who are the connections you want to make? Who are the, the people that you want to attract to your, your platform? Because you now have an audience, you have a megaphone that you can attract whoever you want to that platform. So think about who you want to be in that, in that audience, in your audience, and then kind of how you're going to speak to them uh, down the line. Great. You know, you answered my third question without me even asking it. So like, <laughs> you're a great guest, you know, um, if people want to learn more about you and the Martin group, where do they go? What's your website? What's your, what's your handles? Yeah, martingroup.co is the website and martingroupco is uh, our, our, our handles on, uh, on social. Um, we're pretty active on, you know, we're decently active on social, but, you know, as I mentioned, I, you know, I head up our, our sports practice, our sports vertical. We work with, you know, New Air Cap and Under Armour and Puma and, and Asics. And um, there's some big, you know, some big clients in there that we've worked with, but also again, some smaller sports startups, but some smaller startups in general. Um, but we work across, you know, food and beverage, Wegmans and, and some others like that. So we have, you know, kind of a full service of, of operations, but, you know, my job is to really bring in, you know, a lot of my job is to really is growth. So how do we grow as an agency? So if they're, you know, kind of bringing in brands that are going to be good partners that are on their way up, that are, um, you know, doing exciting things that are best in class in their own worlds, 
is kind of part of what I'm trying to do, which honestly, my sports connections have been a huge part of, you know, so um, probably a lot of people out there that have, have gotten emails from me that, you know, haven't talked to me in, in you know, 10 years since my inside the cross days. And I just wanted to catch up and, and kind of see what they're doing. There's a lot of, that's what's great about sports is that, you know, some people move on to do some really cool, interesting things as entrepreneurs, um, but also with other companies. And, and it's kind of cool to follow along, you know, with, with their progress and kind of catch up. So, so yeah, so if anybody, you know, obviously we're, we're a, a very entrepreneurial agency. So always looking for new partners and, and good partners. Constructive growth is, is a big part of what we do. So um, yeah, always looking for to bring on new, uh, new companies into the mix and, and work with them and, and help them uh, take to the next level. Awesome. Well, John, you're a great example of how someone has used athletics and their sports fandom to better their life. And now, you know, the father, two young girls and, you know, your career and everything. So, you know, my hat's off to you and congratulations on all of that. Thank you for being my guest today in the Players NIL podcast. And we wish you nothing but success in Western New York. Well, thanks so much. I look forward. I love what you're doing with, with the Players NIL. I think it's a huge opportunity. And, and I think with the right strategy approach, um, you know, players need to put time in, and effort and, and strategy into what they're doing there and, and it will pay off, you know, and it, now all of a sudden you, you can make some, some dollars on, on the side as a college athlete. And that's great. And, and that makes, you know, playing college sports and high school sports that much more beneficial, you know, as, as if there wasn't enough already in terms of team building and character building and, and networking. Now you can kind of start building that professional network and, and, and putting a foundation in there the right way if you're doing it early on. So I think uh, it's good. It, it's obviously needs, again, needs focus and needs, needs the right, um, you know, kind of strategy in place, but I think there's a huge opportunity. And, and I think what you're doing is great with your experience and, and your son's experiences and, and all that. I think there's a lot going on here. So great, great stuff and wish you the best of luck. Well, thank you, John. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you.